3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mario Cristobal Show. Joe Gacki, Don Bailey Jr., and University of Miami head coach Mario Cristobal. Hurricanes on a Black Friday game, day after Thanksgiving, take on Boston College, 12 o'clock kickoff from Boston College, from Alumni Stadium. Coach, another tough one against Louisville, hard-fought game, came right down to the final seconds.
0: Played hard, you know, fought to the end, but uh, certainly not enough. Uh, no consolation prizes, back to work and find ways to get that breakthrough and come out on the winning side of those kind of games.
4: But coach, you always have to look for progress and and whether it's game to game, week to week, game by game. But when you look at your last two ball games, you asked to have the ball the last drive of the game and and you did and came up short, unfortunately, at Florida State, you were driving and then Mm -hmm. literally at the five yard line here.
0: Lots of progress, you know, two weeks in a row, two top 10 teams and opportunities to win the game, to take control of the game um and again we're moving in the right direction a lot of guys making plays a lot of guys stepping up um of all ages older guys young guys and uh the gap has been closed we want to close it all the way and then take that jump so uh, right back to work identifying all the things that we can do to get better no excuses no nonsense no noise no bs work get better go forward
3: you were you were part of a breakthrough at, at oregon as you see this getting closer How do you know that you're right on the brink of a breakthrough? Are there signs that tell you you're right there uh, going into a game or maybe during the part of a schedule? How do you know when you're right on the edge?
0: Well, I think it's what everybody else uh, probably sees as well. You know, upon arrival, that was a very challenging situation. And games, for the most part, uh, weren't very competitive, you know. And now every single game is coming down to either us coming out on top in the fourth quarter or in overtime or us battling and coming up short in the fourth quarter or the last possession or the last whatever it may be. So that progress and that closing of the gap is very real and evident. Um, And it keeps our players enthused. Like we know we're getting there. We are not happy with not being there but we're certainly not discouraged because we're not there yet we see the progress we feel the progress we feel ourselves getting better we feel development and uh, we know for a fact undoubtedly that nothing's going to stop us from getting there
4: coach you you work hard through an entire season towards the end of the year the hits add up and you feel good one play a year right the first play and then from then on you're playing with injury but saturday was uh, Leonard Taylor was in warm-ups and t- couldn't go at that point, and you've already lost uh, Kelly and Mesidor and that whole gang. How has that affected the structure of the defense and how does it affect the game plan?
0: Well, the three of those guys were starting for us. So that's a challenge for our defensive line coaches, for our defensive coordinator. Um, but, you know, we certainly make no excuses. Uh, you know, Leonard tried it all week long to get himself in a position where he could play. It was touch and go. Didn't happen. So the next couple of guys had to stay up. So it affects the rotation, but it is what it is. It's football. You know That's a position that happened to take a massive hit throughout the course of this year. And you know what? That's why we've got to keep developing depth and recruiting depth at that position.
3: Mark Fletcher gave you another 100-yard game, but I thought what was uh, even more impressive in this one, uh, adding to the bludgeoning runs was a breakaway run, 55-yard breakaway run where we saw an extra gear. Yeah, you
0: know, he hit 20 plus miles per hour, I believe, on that particular run. Um, Was well, just as impressive as what he does in protection. I don't think anybody realizes how advanced he is as a freshman in picking up, you know, blitzers and understanding how protections work. Uh, but you know, those linemen, those titans, they love blocking for him uh, because he reads things correctly and he gets downhill in a hurry and he's he's going to break tackles now. You know, he's going to make it hard for people to tackle him and. You know, and the competition that running back room has made him better and made everybody
4: else better as well. Coach, let's spend a minute on that. Fletcher, he he took a fake, went into the line of scrimmage, and actually peeled out and saved a a sack, it looked like. I mean, I don't know if a fifth-year guy could make that block all the time, but also another guy, a freshman, that made a heck of a play was Maui Noah. We saw him out there on that screen, and uh, I would say he got me excited.
0: Yeah, two two very large human beings at their respective positions that are playing. They're playing big. You know, they're not playing like freshmen, which is uh, again we want to talk about progress and direction. I think um, having a lineman and a running back two critical positions that have freshmen starters on there uh, is a pretty strong indication of the direction and the progress.
3: Uh, Van Dyke played for. I got the start the other day. Um, when you look back at it, how did he do? He did a great job. He did a great job all week preparing. He played really
0: big. He played strong. He was decisive. Um, Everyone is overwhelmingly just proud of him. Uh, He played a great game and bounced back like uh, like great competitors do. So a tremendous amount of credit goes to him.
4: Part of the thing that impressed me was, The hits he took, and he just got up. I mean, it's football. That's a part of the deal, and he signed up for it. But sometimes those guys linger a little bit with after a hit, and he just went right back to work.
0: Oh, yeah, and he went right back to work yesterday and today as well. Mm -hmm. You know, popped right back up, you know, come and soar. But same level of urgency, right? Same demeanor. Just um, looks like he's having a lot of fun playing football right now. Mm -hmm. So we're looking forward to just even better and better play from him in the offense.
3: Uh, At halftime, it was a one-point game. He had a one-point lead. And uh, you were seeing that game really clear because you, you told told us at halftime, we've got to get, we get more stops. got to get more stops. And, and stops, defensive stops, were hard to come by. In particular, the, their tight end, I think they had four or five tight ends, but they all look the same. I think it was the same guy, but uh, they all look the same. Um, maybe talk a little bit about, maybe you can discuss a little bit about why they made it so hard to get, get stops in that game. Mm-hmm. Well, they're a good offense,
0: yeah. you know, and... Um, you know they uh, they made plays when they had to make plays, and sometimes we might have been caught with an eye discipline issue here and there. But you know our defense has been really good all year long, and this was one of those games where we're going to have to lean on our offense more. Um, so you know I'd uh, you know Lance Gittery and that and that crew and that entire they work really hard at being on point. We got caught we got caught a few times, and they made some explosive plays um, and made it a back and forth game. And we had a chance there at the very end. The offense would go ahead and put it. Put it uh, in the end zone and take this thing in overtime or win it, um, and we didn't get it done. So take it as a team.
4: Coach George and Smith both had uh, had penalties at the end of the game that that frustrated me beyond belief. But and it's something that I know is worked on at practice, talked about, and is really unacceptable.
0: Without a doubt. I mean, um, I mean, it was directed. Uh, it was addressed very directly. That's the best way to put it with the team because that. Uh, that, in essence, and it was addressed just like that's a gut punch to our culture. We haven't done that. We don't delve in that. We don't. That's not what we do. It's not what we teach. And by a couple guys that honestly have done a really good job progressing as players, as students, guys that we've been really proud of. Um, but you got to attack that directly, address it directly, and go right at it. Handle it internally uh, and make sure that it's as clear as the day is long that we're just not going to do that. We're not at
3: whatever cost comes with it. There were a lot of stoppages in the game. I'm not asking you to comment on why the games were stopped. That that's for me. But just from a game management situation, uh, you might have the momentum. Whatever the case might be, with all those stops, does it take everybody out of a rhythm? I don't think
0: so. I think sometimes, you know, things are are maybe overanalyzed. Football's still football, you know. Um, it might for some people, you know, some people have a tougher time focusing than others and sometimes they might lose their juice or whatnot but I mean at the end of the day that's part of the game now right I mean it's there's tv there's instant replay there's all kinds of stuff going on on timeouts that you you just got to maintain the focus and you got to make sure that you're teaching that all the time because the slightest you know lapse in focusing could cost you a big play.
4: Which a big topic has been the louisville offense but i want to make sure i bring up this point miami's offense had more total yards than mm-hmm. louisville's offense you're almost at 500 yards your best output i believe since the temple game mm-hmm. 486 yards
0: yeah we were if you look at the the game statistically it was just about identical mm-hmm. except for that last drive where we didn't score but everything else from third downs red zone uh first downs made uh, yards rushing yards passing you name it. I mean, that thing was we didn't get to their quarterback as much as we, we have in recent uh, games. So that was a big difference. Their quarterback played a really good game, but just a very even game where it's a matter of who's going to make one or two more plays more than the other one. And, and they found a way to
3: make their place. When you got down there, those last three or four plays, looking back at it, what, what did you see in terms of uh, either what they did to prevent the score or was it more something that happened in your execution?
0: Well, it's a little bit of both. You know, I think um, Coach Dawson called a great game, kept them off balance all day. And then down there, we ran some things that were really good at running. uh, And they did a good job at stopping it. You know, on the fourth down play, uh, they were definitely in something we did not want to run that particular play to. So we called the timeout, regrouped, called what we thought would work, uh, and had a chance to make it work. We, You know, we failed to, uh, when I say execute, we failed to get it done.
4: Coach, let's talk about the, re- the reality of progress. When you go back and you analyze things as well as anybody and spend as much time as anybody on earth analyzing, but you compare last year to this year, you compare a month ago to now, this team, whether it's in the recruiting part, whether it's the systems, the talent, everything that you look at, it is moving forward. And, and you can't deny that.
0: No, it's moving forward and it's moving forward in a strong manner, in a sustainable manner um there's absolutely no denying that and it's not going to stop it's only going to accelerate more and more the part that's disappointing you always want it to end on saturdays with a w or on fridays with a w right that's the part that stings and lingers and hurts and is it's brutal it's agonizing um but all the pieces all the parts uh, all the phases they are moving at a pretty rapid rate and uh, again it's not going to stop and um
2: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All
3: right. This week, Friday, Hurricane take on Boston College at Alumni Stadium. at 12 o'clock kickoff, Miami and Boston College. When I, when I think of Boston College, I always think a of big offensive line, big, powerful running backs, so forth and so on. I look at Boston College and say, who are those guys? The leading rusher is the quarterback, Thomas Castellanos, 196-pound sophomore, and he's their leading rusher. Fast
0: explosive can sling it. big offensive line. Uh, we made it very clear to our team this is this is a tremendous challenge and I'll tell you why my you know it's always been kind of the narrative right? Miami doesn't like going up north at this time of year. It's cold, it's different. This is an unbelievable opportunity to play football. I mean if you love football, you love going up there in in this weather on that turf and slugging it out with a physical team like Boston College. They got big guys, they got strong guys, they got fast guys they got a lot of good football players. You know, they're in their fourth year. I believe um, they've assembled a good football team that has had some really big wins this year. And their quarterback, I mean, it starts and ends with him. He makes it go in a lot of different ways.
4: Coach, they've won five of their last seven games. And they are, as you mentioned, I was watching the line of scrimmage play on both sides of the ball. It's Nothing's changed at Boston College at all. Big, strong guys.
0: Big, strong, physical. Play hard. Going to finish you through the whistle and beyond the whistle. So you've got to play with a lot of physicality and you've got to play with poise, right? Because mm-hmm. it's going to get nasty, it's going to get physical, and you got to be prepared to do that for four quarters and beyond if necessary.
3: I think they've also added speed. They've, they've done a pretty good job. It look, looks like they've changed their footprint in recruiting. They have more guys from Georgia, Texas, and California than I think in the old days.
0: No doubt. They've got speed outside on the perimeter. They play a lot of man coverage. They cover you down well. They're explosive in the backfield as well. They run you over, run through you. They, uh, they've they got a lot of good football players. I think our guys are very well aware of that watching film yesterday and today.
4: Coach, talk about the unpredictability of college football. You look at Boston College. They lose week one to Northern Illinois by three. Two weeks later, they, they, they almost beat Florida State. They only lose uh, the Florida State by three. So mm-hmm. each week is totally different.
0: It is. You know, everybody has good players. Everybody has good players and every week you have to plan accordingly. You have to go in there with a good plan. Then you have to execute that plan. To execute that plan, you have to have a clear mind. you got to make sure you guys are in a good mental state. It's college football, right? Guys have classes, guys have family issues, guys. It is a 24-7 job and it's the best job in the entire world. And you've got to pour every ounce of energy and your heart and soul into it to give yourself the best chance. So college football is, is what it is. You better buckle up because any, every single Saturday nowadays, uh, you're seeing the, what people used to think as the unthinkable, right? Teams are getting beat uh, when they're supposedly not supposed to get beat. So um, it's better be ready every single week.
3: I looked at this. I had to look at it twice. I thought it was a typo. I, I'm still uh, um, wondering if it is a typo. Fourth down. They've gone for it 35 times on mm-hmm. fourth down. I know that's the new trend, you know, the, the metrics. But the metrics never, never tell you is what happens when you don't make it but they've converted 74% of the time on, on fourth down and gone for it 35 times. What does that do to managing a game, maybe from Coach Gittery's perspective, or even maybe from Coach Dawson's perspective, knowing that these guys don't want to give up the football?
0: Yeah, they're, you've got to play a four down operation. That's what you, how you have to think of it, because if it's in their territory and it's manageable enough, they're going to go for it. You know. And if it requires or, or carries some kind of risk in it in our territory, they're still going to go for it. So that's the mentality. They're going to gobble a clock, but they also can go fast. They have tempo. They mix it up really well. Uh, they've had an extra day on us you know, to be able to prepare. So um, you have to prepare for a lot of different things.
4: This game always is, everybody talks about the throw, and we all know what that is. But this game really has always come down to who can run the football. And they're almost running at 200 yards a clip for a ball game. So run defense will be imperative. Yeah, they lead the conference in uh, running the football, some with their running backs, some with the quarterback. Last week
0: you saw it. I mean, they were running up and down the field in different sets, you know, um, tackles dressed up as tight ends, extra tackles, guards in the game as well, spreading out and running the football with their running backs or quarterbacks, uh, getting the ball down the field, getting the ball in the perimeter. They just find different ways to move the football. And they gobble up a lot of clock, too. You know, mm-hmm. So they, uh, I think Pittsburgh was limited to about 52 plays, which is a very low play count. So the
3: value of each snap becomes critically important. What do you see from their defense? They don't have a lot of sacks, but they do have Elijah Jones, who's top five in the country in interceptions in the secondary.
0: Yeah, but they bring a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And they're hitting the quarterback a lot. And, and they're pressing the pocket because they have large bodies at defensive tackle. Uh, the three technique at the nose tackle spot. Primarily a four down operation, but they move it around pretty good. And they're whipping pressure at you from the field, from the boundary, internal pressure from the secondary. Keep you off balance. You know, you really have to have uh, an answer on every play. Calling a play without an answer to one of those pressures
4: uh, isn't very effective. Coach also they've Boston College over the years have been very solid at the linebacker position and this year's no different. Their number forty two just is he's all over the place and looks like he's just a, a reprint of the guys of the past.
0: Just some very athletic and heavy handed guys. So they get their hands on linemen, they shed blocks and they wrap you up and get you to the ground. You know, they are they're knockback tacklers. You're not gonna you're not going to run just right through guys and, and try to drag them for extra yards. These guys will hit you and knock you
3: back. You can see, as Don mentioned, they have fight in their program. They've got off to a tough start, and they won the four in a row or whatever it was, now lost two in a row, but they kind of uh, have stayed with it, and they, they've offered a pretty good punch to their opponents. Good football team that plays hard with a lot of pride.
4: Coach, you've got an opportunity already established about a bowl game, and I know you don't like to look ahead, but that is something that is very helpful for a program and for a football team, Mm -hmm. all those extra practices.
0: Without a doubt, you know, and and you gotta use them the right way too, Mm -hmm. you know, because at this time of year, your team is, you've been through a lot. And uh, we're certainly thin at some positions, but not every day is used for a full practice. Sometimes you have the ability to work on special teams. Sometimes it's technique work. It might be a pass rush day, it might be a run stopping day, right? It might be a competitive day right where good is going on good in two-minute drill and four-minute drill right it might be red zone day but you get to work a lot of different things as it relates not only to your opponent but as it relates to the development of your team and your systems right Um, you might have a team activity day that involves strength and conditioning but also involves these guys spending time around each other coaches and players Um, so there's just a lot of value to having that extra time together because that's what you don't have enough of. You don't ever have enough time.
3: I, I did want to mention it is Thanksgiving week and uh, Thanksgiving week is big in high school football because the playoffs are going on down here. And a lot of kids and coaches, it's a real badge of honor to be able to practice on Thanksgiving day. And I know that's important to you and you keep a good close eye on that, but this is a big week. Uh, for high school football.
0: Yeah, and and so much to be grateful for. You know, that you that we all wear on our chest, man. I mean, it's we've all signed up for it to represent it to the highest level and pour every ounce of energy that we have into it. I mean, our entire lives are consumed by doing whatever we can to make the U elite, you know? So a lot to be grateful for, a lot to look forward to, and an unbelievable opportunity to play great football on Friday.
4: Coach, really, when you, you boil this game down, it's about going 1-0 on Friday, isn't it? That's it. That's all it is, right? And that's really what it is every single week, right? Mm-hmm. Is
0: making sure that when you get to game day, that you're at your very best and that you're playing for each other, that you're playing for your program, you're playing for your school. And that opportunity is sitting right in front of us against a tough team in different conditions. I, it's, it's picture perfect for a Thanksgiving weekend.
3: Yeah. Win the last one, that always feels good, too right? That last one sticks with you for a while. All right. The very best of luck and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you.
2: Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. All right. That's
3: University of Miami head coach Mario Cristobal. Stay with us. We'll continue on the show
2: right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?